0: So, Bhagavad Gita as it is so the 7th chapter Krishna expi- is telling Arjuna right from the get go if we hear properly you can pick up on what's, what Krishna is giving here he says, he says now hear O son of Prita how by practicing yoga in full consciousness of me with mine attached to me you can know me in full free from doubt up to this point Various practices have been described by Krishna. Of course, he begins in the sec- second chapter just giving a distinction between what is matter and what is spirit and, and allows us to have some, some glimpse into our true spiritual nature. And then he goes on through the following chapters to deal with Gyan, knowledge, uh, yoga, and a lot of time is also spent in karma yoga, working... Uh, Karma Mishra Yoga, working without attachment, Niskarma, not wanting to enjoy the fruit. So these yogas have been explained and now he's saying, now let's talk about that yoga that simply concentrates on me. I'm going to explain that now. That's the beginning of the seventh chapter. And he goes on to say, Something extremely significant, which we went over last last week. And we'll put it in a little better perspective today. I shall now declare unto you in full this knowledge, both phenomenal and numinous. This being known, nothing further shall remain for you to know. In other words, this this knowledge is sufficient in and of itself. There's there's nothing else required. If you can comprehend this knowledge of my true spiritual nature, then all the other details are really not that significant. I mean, there's a lot of details of living, you know. No one can deny that, but this is the central course. And then he explains... It's interesting. What's he say? What we chant last week? You know, sahasre su yati kaschidmam viti tatvata. Twice he mentions in that verse siddha, this perfection. So the perfections. Out of many thousands among men, one may endeavor for perfection. And of those that have achieved perfection, Hardly one knows me in truth. So now look look at what Krishna is doing here. He's saying, I'm going to teach you the topmost understanding of the principle of yoga, which is having full consciousness of me. And then he goes on to qualify that. The knowledge I'm giving you, the perfected people don't get it. Out of so many people that are striving, hardly anyone makes it. Of those that actually become perfect in their transcendental knowledge, hardly one knows me in truth. But guess what, Arjuna? I'm going to tell you the truth of the matter. That's a pretty amazing thing. If we really think about this third verse, what's he actually saying here? At the beginning of the chapter, he's saying, I'm going to give you the topmost understanding. And it's so rare that thousands of people can't understand it. But, let's go on and I'll tell you. So we're going to chant the fourth verse. And Krishna is going to start to explain this topmost knowledge. An overview of the Sankhya, understanding of... uh, the material manifestation, which is the fact that the those five gross elements, earth, water, fire, air, and ether, uh, correspond to sense perceptions. Okay? And those sense perceptions are perceived by senses. And So if we take all that together, we get a grand total of 20. Earth, water, fire, air, ether. Smell. We'll start from the top down. Let's talk about, first of all, ether, the finest, hearing. So there's ether. Then there's air. So air has the ability to both be, there's hearing in it, and there's also some feel. And then we go to fire, and we add another quality. So we have the quality of hearing, the quality of feeling, and then we can see a form in fire. Then from there, we come to water. And what's water add? Taste next we have earth and we add the sense of smell so therefore we have these five gross elements then we have the five perceptions of those elements what, what those elements put off which is perceived by our senses well we have to have senses to perceive them so we have the ear we have the eyes we have the nose we have the tongue and we have the sense of feeling So, we have our five knowledge acquiring senses, which correspond to those five ingredients which put off those perceptions to be had. And then we have five working senses the fact that we can acquire something, pick it up, we can move from place to place, Uh, we can talk, we can eat, uh, we can procreate. And we can evacuate. So now we have 20 items, don't we? Five working senses, five knowledge-acquiring senses that acquire knowledge from five elements through the characteristics of those elements. Sound, form, taste, smell. I left one out. Yes. Now we're at twenty. Then we add that element. This is a material element, but it's when we add consciousness to it, it acts like it's it. It has its a mind of its own. It's the mind. Now the mind is truly. I mean, you know, in a dead body, what is it? It's just a lump of matter. But if you put it and you add some consciousness, then it can pers- then it can lord over all those other senses. So we have the mind, we have the intelligence, which is a a little bit over. It's, it, it resides over the mind. Even we know what we want. The mind is the mind is simply directing, and then we have false ego. The material world is all about me. And that's what Bhaktivedanta brings out in the purport. We think we're the purusha. When we come into contact with the material body and we take residence in the body, then we feel this manifestation is ours. And what's, how's Prabhupada put it here? Um, the living entities are purushas we think we're the cause we think we're the controller and we think we're the enjoyer that's what Purusha means now it's clear that Krishna is the Purusha and he has manifested the material world by expanding himself in three specific incarnations for the purpose of this material manifestation three Vishnu's the first Vishnu gives off the, the energy that becomes the material energy, Pradana. So that, that force is manifested into the material energy and that's coming from Mahavishnu, Vishnu, Karna Dakshai Vishnu. Karna is that, is an ocean That this Vishnu lies in and from him all the material energy is coming. And from the pores of his body and from his breathing, all the universes are coming forth.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you you consider Karmadakshari Vishnu the original Vishnu? Is that
0: he's the original Vishnu for material creation yes all the individual universes are coming forth from him so as they're coming out they're expanding from his body he's entering into them again into each individual universe he's entering again as Garbo Vishnu and when he enters that shell of material energy which is like an egg. And the shell of that egg, the crust of that egg, are those material elements again, beginning with earth, water, fire, air. And those that shell is I mean when you read about it in the Bhagavatam, it's so thick. You're not gonna get out of the material. <laughs> I mean it's like you are it's you're in there. Because you first you have the earth And then 10 times the the earth covering of a universe is larger than the whole, the whole, everything that's in the universe. Whatever the diameter of the universe is, well, that shell is just as wide of earth. 10 times wider than that is water. Ten times wider than that is the shell of fire. Ten times wider than the shell of fire is the shell of air. Ten times wider than the shell of air is the shell of ether. And then we come to false ego. Vishnu enters into each of those universes and those universes are innumerable. We can't, we, it's not possible. The universes are as innumerable as the atoms within a universe. Yes.
1: So, let me relate to her question. Uh, it's saying that there are three Vishnus.
0: Mm-hmm. There's one Vishnu's expanding, yes.
1: Okay, one Vishnu begins it. Karanagat, Karanagat.
0: He li- He lies down in a corner of the spiritual world, okay. a little area.
1: And then from from him, then he then he creates this. Mm-hmm. And then does he expand himself further, or does does he? he enters the next the, Vishnu. How does that he mean?
0: enter He expands himself into Garbodshai Vishnu. Okay. He's, all he's, these Garbodshai Vishnu's and enters and, into and each. Sure they're know. all. They're all Krishna. Right, I know. But I mean, Krishna is unlimited. So, so basically, they're, they're
1: names. They're names to give to give us a sense of hey, this
0: is how. Well, they going. also have different functions. So therefore, they're named differently. We have Karna Dakshai Vishnu is that Vishnu form that lies down on the on the ocean of and creates material ingredients, the Karna ocean, the ocean of material manifestation. Garbo Vishnu enters into each universe the perspiration coming from his transcendental body fills the bottom half of this universe with water and then he lies on that water and Brahma is born from the lotus abdomen cord from his navel and Brahma takes birth there and from there Brahma is enthused with spiritual knowledge how to create the material universe how to make all those ingredients work Brahma is the head of our sampradaya he is the most pious living entity in each universe and these universes are different sizes we are in the smallest universe
1: does that indicate that he has more heads? The yeah. more
0: universes? the bigger the universe, the more heads. Our Brahma has four heads. Right. Some universes the Brahmas have millions, hundreds of millions of heads. Inconceivable, but here again it's you know
1: You said you said something just a while ago about the, the, the Vishnu the name of the Vishnu indicates what did you say? Yeah, I was I was doesn't Karna doesn't his name Karna Daksha Vishnu yeah, doesn't that indicate Function?
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. what?
1: What then? What does karna mean?
0: The ocean, okay, the karna I mean. ocean, right. karna Dakshai ocean. Okay. Yes, sir.
1: When we talk about um, the material world, and we talk about the creation and Brahma, and then the maintenance of it, Vishnu, and mm-hmm. the destruction of it, Shiva. Are, are we talking about any particular form of Vishnu that we've just mentioned? Mm-hmm. Um, and someone else asks,
0: well okay. okay, so first of all, we'll finish the Vishnus. So we have Karna Vishnu then we have Gar- he's expanding into each universe Garbadakshai Vishnu. What does Garba, mean? Garba. the Garba is the Garbadak ocean, mm-hmm. which is the ocean that fills the bottom half of each of oh, the okay. individual universes, which is coming from him. His perspiration is what they was the conception they give. all right then. Brahma comes, but also Vishnu expands again.
1: Wait a minute! Ka- Brahmas coming from Karna.
0: Garba, Garba Dakshai. Gar- I
1: mean Garba, yeah.
0: Yes. Then it's not
1: coming from the next one. Sure. Then right?
0: we have Kashira Dakshai Vishnu, which is the Paramatma, which is the full, right. fully cognizant of and and resides everywhere in every living entity in every atom right. now when we talk about basically the arch, uh, that manifestation my understanding is that manifestation is also the Vishnu the specific Vishnu uh, that resides in Swedadweep, who is the Vishnu of the, of the three the Vishnu that's in charge of the mode of goodness. The
1: four-armed
0: yes. Vishnu
1: that
0: we... Sometimes four, sometimes eight.
1: That
0: we yeah. refer to as Vishnu. Yes, but that's, that's a manifestation of Paramatma. So you have Vishnu, you have Shiva, and you have Brahma, the mode of goodness, the mode of ignorance, and the mode of passion. So Dreep, he has his own planet... The Pole Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Druva actually was given residence there. So, does that answer your question? Yes, it
1: does very nicely. Thank you. And I have one more question related to Vishnu. Um, somebody was asking me about the word um, Vaishnav. Doesn't that sort of technically or one meaning of it mean worshippers of Vishnu? Mm-hmm. No. Well, Vishnu is our
0: first. Vishnu is our first level of worship. Yeah, yeah. That's where we begin. Uh, of course, we want uh, Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. We want to m- move past this this concept of uh, you know our immediate worshipable object is core. Uh, of course, is is the Vishnu manifestations. They're providing everything. They're providing our playground. They're letting us think we're God. They're letting us think we made it, we own it, and we control it, right? When in fact, we're, we're just trapped in it, and we really have no control. Everything's working. We have some little independence as to our desires. But Krishna explains later in Bhagavad Gita, you know, chaham riddhi Visto Janamapohanam cha. I'm seated in the heart as Paramatma, and I will. I'm given the intelligence whereby you're going. You are able to fulfill your desire. I'm, you want to fulfill a desire. You can't do it independently. I have to tell you how to do it. You don't know I'm there doing it, but I am. I'm making the arrangement. Mm-hmm. Sarasya chaham Hridi in the heart. Sarasya chaham hriday sunivastho. Matasmitir janam apohana I'm giving you that intelligence, booty.
1: What is that from? What verse is that? Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? Uh,
0: 1426, I think I could be. I, I'd have to look it up. Okay.
1: Really I, I, so how does how does uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. How does Narayan
0: fit into this? I thought Narayan was... Narayan's right. in Loka. These Vishnus are coming from Narayan.
1: Okay. Because I thought there was something preceding... Me. But
0: when we say coming, that's due to... Uh, this is something that is hard to get your right. head around. Yes. Because, when, yes. because we think linearly in time. This happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this comes, then that comes, then something else comes. Now, when we come to the material energy, yes, that applies. In other words, from Karna, Dakshai, Vishnu, he breathes out and the prana, that his energy goes out through his pores and through his breath and all the universes are coming. So then we have a factor there. We have his outward breath and that's that movement is setting the whole material universes into motion. And that movement, now we're talking about movement and movement is moving through time. And there we have the concept of time. But when we look to the spiritual world, that concept is not there. So when we talk that from Narayan, Karna, Dakshai, Vishnu came, well, Karna, Dakshai, they're eternal. It's not like, well, one came before the other. So we when we read in the Bhagawat about, well, there's Krishna and then there's Krishna's first expansion, Balaram. Right. Well, that means Krishna expanded into Balaram. No, B- Balaram was always there. There was no, that time conception isn't there. So when we read in the Bhagawat First there's Krishna and then there's Balaram and then from Balaram then there's the expansions of you know San- Vasudeva Sankarcha Pradyumna and Aniruddha then they manifest in the, in the in the Vaikuntha planets as as Narayan and a second set of Vasudeva Sankar San, Pradyumna and Aniruddha come forth they don't come forth they're there right. they're eternally there They're just different manifestations of the Supreme Lord for different purposes. But the Bhagavat makes very clear all these expansions and all these incarnations that I'm going to present in the Srimad Bhagavatam, all the different incarnations we're going to read about in the Bhagavat, all the different incarnations and an understanding of these vis- different Vishnu forms. And then these Vishnu forms, they are all coming. They're all coming in the individual universe. All the different incarnations are coming through those Vishnu forms. So when we read about much, uh, you know, Korma, Nishringadev, all these different incarnations of God they're all manifest within the material universe coming through the Vishnu forms. But they're all eternal because Krishna is eternal and because they're not influenced by material energy. It's,
1: it's really a problem with language. I mean, we don't have the words
0: for We'll find that a lot. You'll find a lot in, a lot of what is presented in Sanskrit There's no English equivalent. In fact, you'll notice uh, Bhaktivedanta, he points that out from time to time. There's no English equivalent for this world. Like we, the the primary thing that we want is is we want to relish rasa, bhava, the taste of our spiritual being and the taste of spiritual exchange as opposed to sensual input. The sensual input is based on what? It's coming from karma, lust. It's just a desire to, 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 to take in some sense thing. It's an exact opposition. What's Krishna said at the end of the second chapter? It is lust and lust only that's keeping you here. This is your enemy. This that tells you that the senses the hearing the smelling the seeing the tasting the feeling that that mind that is telling you that that's where your pleasure lies that is the greatest deceit you got to get past that deceit and when you get past that deceit then you can start to understand there is a higher higher true spiritual pleasure that you're meant to have. And that spiritual exchange is referred to as rasa. There is no English equivalent for the word rasa. We don't, we don't have anything in our vocabulary. So therefore, Bhakti Siddhanta, the spiritual master of Bhaktivedanta, my spiritual master, your spiritual grandfather, and Bhakti Siddhanta, your great-grandfather, He translated rasa in English to mellow. That's the closest word he could come up with. Mellow. It means some kind of intoxicant, doesn't it? When we say mellow, it's, yeah. it's something that's like, it's not a sense thing, but it's something. And that's the word he chose. So we use that word. That's what Prabhupada says in his books. So I'll also follow suit. I'll use the word mellow when we refer to this word rasa.
1: because essentially they're making, they're creating. He's creating in English
0: the spiritual language by by using. He's that. trying to translate it into English as best he can, but some of these things are not there. Right. I mean, they're just they don't.
1: The West thinks of time, you know, linear, past, present, future.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, another, that's another another difficulty for, them for them. us. Correct.
1: Devotees also use the word rasa, and they don't even translate it. I mean, you know, you well, that's because like we've. It's become
0: part of our it vocabulary. vocabulary. It says, yes,
1: ma'am. It, it says soft, sweet, juicy, due to its ripeness. That's what melon means. Yeah, but rasa.
0: Well, but taste implies that we have some. Yeah, taste. Yeah, it's, it's not really it's not taste. taste. It's not yeah, taste. It's, yeah, yeah, yes, David Wood.
1: Sorry, I have another question about. Um, so, it is um, Mahavishnu the form, the incarnation that is that glances at the?
0: Karanaksha Vishnu, yes.
1: Okay impregnates the material. The pradana, yes, yes. Like the gunas and gets the whole thing. That's what really starts things churning.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, How's like it? How mind. does? How does spirit become matter? By his glance, yeah. by his energy, his shakti. So therefore, in this chapter, Krishna's gonna begin to explain his nature, which is what is. What constitutes himself, his being, and what are his energies? He has unlimited energies. So, he's talking in this verse about, let's talk about material energy. So, my material energy can be broken down into these eight constituents. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego. HUMIR APO NALO VAYU kamano budir EVACHA AHANKARA We don't know what AHANKARA, right? False ego. AHANKARA. AHANKARA ITI SEPARATED. BINA BINA, PRAKRATI, THEY ARE ENERGIES ASTADA, ASTA, ASTA SAKTI uh, you know, we, Asta, you'll see this a lot, this word. Sikshastika, Sakstika. Asta again, yes. So this this term, Asta, means eight, eightfold. So these eight constituents. Now, Krishna goes on in the next verse. Parayam itas tvanyam. Vidi Me param jiva-bhutam maha-baho yedam daryate-jagat. Besides these, O mighty-armed Arjuna, there is another superior energy of mind which comprises the living entities who are exploiting the, re- exploiting the resources of this material inferior nature. Apare yamitas tvanyam. Pakritim Vidi may param. It's another energy of mine, just try to understand. Vidi, try to understand this. It's still an energy. You are an energy. But what? There's a distinction. Param superior to the material energy. Superior. Not of that temporary nature. Param Jiva Butam. Tatastha-sakti. Tatastha. Shakti, Shakti, energy. Separated energy. Separated, but the same. Beta-beta. Achinta-beta-beta. That's our nature. We're both the energy of God, but we're not God. But we're superior to ma- matter. Jiva Bhutam, comprising of living entities, Mahabaho. If you understand this, you'll be mighty armed. You have your armaments, but this is real, real power. Mahabaho, become powerful by understanding this concept. He's pointing out Arjuna now, really become. Powerful. Mahabaho, Almighty oh, Armed. Yaya, by whom, Idam, this, Daryate, is utilized or exploited, Jagat, the material world.
1: I thought Jagat meant great.
0: Yeah, Jagat Guru. So we I say Jagat Guru. I
1: translated Jagat, the material world. There's lots of
0: instances. It's a great, great world. I mean,. <laughs> look at how great it is so when we say Jagat Guru meaning Guru who is so powerful he can deliver a whole material world what what were you thinking you were thinking great mm-hmm. but we're finding by looking here we're seeing so when
1: you say Jagat Guru it's like the guru of the whole
0: world, world. yes yeah. okay. so Jagat's yeah. basically referring to the, to the yeah. material okay. manifestation I
1: found Thank another you. one
0: so, understanding this, understanding this concept that we're not matter, to understand this concept, and Prabhupada, the purport to the last verse, he just, materialists, they just don't get it at all. They don't understand this simple thing of their, their knowledge stops at the five elements. And then they go on a little bit in knowledge and try to wrap their mind around the mind. <laughs> but they don't know what it is. Is it matter? Is it spirit? Mm-hmm. But here, Christians making it perfectly clear. Mind, intelligence, and false ego also fall into the category of matter. More subtle. When the body's thrown off, we are still wrapped. What do you call that? Cletious? Cletious, yeah. Yes. We're still wrapped up in those. Which in what? What's wrapping us up? The mind, the intelligence, and the false ego. The false ego is carrying us to another gross right. manifestation. And then even the spiritualists don't fully understand it, do they? because when they look at the material manifestation, they truly believe that everything is happening according to our activities and nothing else is involved. Mm. Karma mamamsas, just like they try to, what they do is they try to apply their material conception what goes up must come down. For every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Therefore, they say, karma rules the universe. And even God is subject to karma. He has to follow his laws.
1: Oh, please. <laughs> Defeats <the whole> purpose. <laughs> if
0: that's the case, there's no possibility of clemency
1: is there? well, there's, that, that's a, there's a whole new meaning to intelligence you know?
0: <laughs> there's no possibility you'll never get out of the laws of material nature these ropes will bind you perpetually for every action there's a reaction in karma well how are you going to get out of here if Krishna doesn't come if Krishna doesn't send his emissary if he doesn't descend in the form of his holy name where we can associate with him immensely and purify ourselves, then karma rules and we're stuck in the muck forever. Sometimes going up, sometimes coming down, sometimes a human, sometimes a dog, sometimes the worm in stool, sometimes a demigod. Wow, so many different forms, but still, all of them are temporary. All of them are wrapped in that kletia, this desire, that desire, wrapping, wrapping. Sometimes piety is playing us up, sometimes impiety is pushing us down. I'll stop there. Any questions that we haven't answered?